Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Yes. Now, if this year has taught us anything, it is to appreciate people on the front line. And here I'm talking about supermarket staff, warehouse workers and delivery drivers. Oh, good point. Uh, in fact, back in, back in February, you'll remember when the DOSCON level was raised to orange, we saw empty shelves and a bit of chaos in these uh, supermarkets and shops. And remarkably, this wasn't limited to just the physical stores. Red Mart, which is Lazada's grocery arm, saw its orders triple the weekly average. You are a user of Redmart. Do you know people who have started to use Redmart even more recently? I think I think lots of people because there are very, you know, when you're in lockdown at your yeah. home and you're concerned about COVID-19, the uh, impetus has been to go online to do your grocery shopping. In fact, on April 5th, Redmart had seen an 11-fold increase in its usual number of customers. Oh, my Lord. Well, to cope with the surge of orders, they increased their workforce by 500 in the warehouse and delivery team. They partnered with ComfortDelGro cabbies and changed their operations by allocating delivery slots by areas across the days of the week. Quite yeah, innovative. Very innovative. And I guess you have to in challenging times like this. Joining us on the line to share more about how Redmart rose to the COVID-19 challenge and hopes to keep the momentum going we can welcome back to the show James Chung, who is the CEO of Lazada Singapore. Very good morning, James. How are you doing? Good morning. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> Always a pleasure. So let's begin with when Dorscon was raised, raised to Orange. It was back in February. We were recommended to buy our groceries online, avoid going out. Walk us through what went through your mind when you heard that. And, and was Redmart prepared? We didn't know what to expect. You know, we, we did a lot of things to get ready but it was hard to expect what the actual outcome was going to be. Uh, when orders, I would say that week, when orders tripled, we hit our maximum capacity. And we do a slot-based delivery, as you may know, and we maxed out all our slots. And then the problem was that certain orders were just very, very large, unusual in nature. And also the quantity of it was just so much. And this is something that we had not expected. So we placed a lot of measures in place to manage the capacity and, and to maximize the customers that we served. And, and that had to come with a pretty painful trade-off from our side in terms of limiting the number of items and categories that customers can buy and also capping the total basket to a certain level uh, so that it stays below certain weight. So we put a cap to, to have it below 150 kilogram as a maximum weight per order. James, when you put a cap like that, but at the same time you see an increase in orders, what does that do in terms of uh, the amount of money that you can make? Because while each person can order less, you have a lot more people ordering. Did you see that correlation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is where when we look at an increase in demand, there are three things that we look at. The number of customers who buy, how much each customer buy, and how often they buy. So these three things as a combination makes up, I would say, overall uh, capacity. And we had to pick one out of the three, basically, to be able to maximize. So we thought, you know what, let's pick the number of customers we can serve. Mm. That means we had to put a cap to the number of items that customers can buy per order and the frequency of the order. This impacted both customers and, and us at the same time because, you know, sometimes customers would like that variety and, and, and want to order much, much more. But at the same time, from our perspective, when we deliver that order, you know, we want to deliver as much as possible, you know, from a financial standpoint and from an economic standpoint. But those are something that we have to trade off in order to maximize the number of customers that we can serve. 
James, you were just saying that, you know, these orders, they were really maxing out. They were unusually high. I mean, I think it's remarkable to think that you had to cap them on the basis of weight. It's <laughs> incredible. But also, let's talk about the supply side. Did you have to go looking for new suppliers just to meet the demand? It was actually two different reactions that we had to go through. So because we needed to maximize the productivity so we can serve more customers, we had to make a trade-off again on this one. And we said, look, we went from our total range of 160,000 products uh, on, on Red Mart down to 5,000. And that trade-off was pretty difficult one to make. You know, which ones to keep, which ones to not keep. Essentially, we went to a core essential amount of goods. So for those suppliers and partners who serve outside of those core 5,000, it was a pretty tough time for our partners as well because that meant that during we're on this abnormal period, the sales would be limited. And for the, cust- for the suppliers who, who serve those 5,000, we have to make sure that we have enough abundance of them so that we can serve our demand. So it was a twofold exercise. I'm going to guess that we already know the answer to this question, but I am just curious. Which products got the highest number? Like, where was the demand? Can you just name three products that just everyone was buying? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you can probably guess, toilet paper was <laughs> very, very hot. Um, they're in these signs. And rice as well. I think one order that we sold 700 kilograms of rice, which, you know, this, which exactly was what we're not prepared to do. So, you know, there were orders like that. Also, call it food staples. These are like dry pastas, canned food. We've seen a tremendous increase. Wow. Speaking with James Chang, who is the CEO of Lazada Singapore. James, uh, how badly were you guys affected by Malaysia's movement control order? I believe that was announced in March and that probably ends on the 9th of June. And, and on that note, what's the plan after the 9th of June, you know, where your workforce is concerned? Yeah, absolutely. So, so we, we actually have quite a bit of staff coming from Malaysia to support us on our you know, fulfillment as well as some delivery activities. And we are in a both a crunch mode to hire more staff. So we did hire in the course of a few weeks, uh, you know, 500 and more. But the complication was when the Malaysia NCO was announced, you know, we had about you know, more than 100 staff that was on the other side of the border that couldn't come, come, come over. So basically, it was a combination of trying to increase our team size at the same time and having the team based in, who, who are based in Malaysia weren't able to come in. So it was a constant struggle from that perspective. But the good thing was we, we had a lot of support you know, from the uh, government agencies and also there were other industry partners had different challenge. We're fortunate enough we had a challenge of high demand and we needed to increase our, our staff very quickly. Some of the other industries such as transportation or aviation, manufacturing, and had staff that, that you know, needed you know, activities during this period of time. So in conjunction and coordinated by the government agency, we worked together to, to identify those companies and, and, and created a quick partnership. You know, after the, you know, as we know, the circuit breaking measures are ending tomorrow or, or starting to ease up. We've done a couple of things. So we've already removed many of the measures that we put in place to limit the items per order and to limit the basket size and the amount of, amount of purchases each customer can make. And that has been removed so that we can, you know, to go back to as normal as possible. The assortment, which is like I mentioned to you about, we have to go down to essential skews. Uh, we are in the gradual phase in the next course of three weeks to bring that back to our total fullness of Red Mart. So that's a bit of a, a longer journey. But 
basically, as the as I mentioned to you before, we got the number of customers, how much each buy, and and the frequency. Um, as the frequency and how much each buy goes back to normal, you know, we hope to maintain the customers that we've gained during this period of time. Yeah, I did wonder about that, and I'm really glad that you laid this one up for me. Um, I want to talk about the fact that you've had to make changes to the operations by allocating these delivery slots across certain days of the week. I was curious to know whether you're going to continue with this system longer term. I am one of those customers who, you know, struggle to get delivery, so I, I appreciate how that was a, an issue for you guys. And along with that, you've set up partnerships to sort of assist with this. Will that continue, and how's it going? Yeah, so I think, you know, a couple of choices that we made, for example, on a delivery side, in order to maximize the delivery, we have to increase what we call delivery density. Uh, this is when we go to a, a condo, for example, a very popular condo in Singapore, for example, we, you know, 17 of our trucks go a day. So we needed to find ways to reduce the number of trucks that goes to a certain condo, but maximize the amount of delivery. And that we call density. And we were able to do some measures because we knew people are staying home. So that some of the measures that we put in place, we won't be able to do uh, as we come out of the circuit breaking measures. Because the, you know, as more people are not going to be home, that predictability and ensuring that time slot delivery is very important for us. Uh, but certain measures, absolutely, you know, we're evaluating to continue. So, for example, now introduce back the order amend function, the ability to you know, add to your basket once you place the order. And then this helps you to remember that you've made a placement and, and, and you, know, you forgot certain items. So we're, we're trying to continue to educate the customers to use the functionality and at the same time put a limit so that we don't see, you know, you know we've, you're bypassing or infinite number of orders being amended uh, to, to still have some control over the order size. So we are still in a very cautious stage but we are relaxing a lot of the measures and those that can be applicable and help us out through the you know, phase one, phase two period will definitely keep. But certain measures such as that basically were placed, assuming the customers are all home, we may not be able to continue that one. And then you, I think you mentioned uh, partnership, which is uh, very critical for us during this period of time. We, we could not have achieved, we've increased our capacity more than 50 times, 50%, and, and we could not have achieved that without our partners. And, and Comfort Delgro being one of them, I think you mentioned during the introduction. So we work with Comfort Delgro to have the taxi fleet also deliver, I would say, on demand as we've kind of running out of capacity on the last mile uh, delivery to help us deliver our orders. And, and this collaboration, we hope to continue as long as it, it permits. Uh, James, I'm curious about the mental health and psychological aspects of, of your business. I mean, you've got people who are worried about getting their, their their supplies, but we often forget about the people who have to pack all this in the warehouse, who have to plan the delivery and whatnot. There's that pressure to work around the clock. How were you and your company able to keep that morale up? What did you guys do in terms of taking care of uh, your staff's mental health? Yeah, you know, I think it's a very interesting question that you're asking because it, it has been a, I mean, this is where, you know, we, we are facing with high demand and, and you know, we, we try our best to serve the customers as much as we can, but it, it has been a pretty, pretty tough time. Um, so first and foremost, the, the most important thing for us was having that safety for, for our team because a lot of the stress and uncertainty comes from the uh, fact that, that our, our customers are also individuals who are fearing the COVID-19 virus. So in order to keep that safe and, and, and keep the workplace safe, uh, we put in place uh, regular sanitization. We put in place a, a shuttle service 
so that employees can get to work, which is also uh, uh, based on a social distancing measures. Uh, even the buses, every route to every uh, trip, we sanitize. Also, we have uh, on-site uh, medical staff that is able to not only uh, screen the uh, uh, teams as they come into the workplace, but also take immediate actions if our staff felt unwell or felt a bit under the weather or also felt very high stress. Also, we put a lot of flexibility in the team so that, you know, in case the team members had also, you know, young kids who are you know, at home that needs a little bit more tension or elderly parents who are, who, who are at home who needs a little bit more tension, that we can work with that flexibility of their personal schedules. So I would say these are some of the measures that we place. And for our teams that are, that are based in Malaysia uh, but working here in Singapore with us, you know, we have actually hundreds of hotel rooms that we've rented also with carefully crafted in terms of, you know, which shift stays on which floor and the social distancing measures put in place so that you know, they have a very, I would say, safe place that they can rest, you know, while they're not working and also to maximize that kind of a psychological pressure that each employees are, are facing. We're speaking to James Chang, he's CEO of Lazada Singapore. James, I have to say that necessity being the mother of invention is a phrase that has been used and used during this pandemic. But that's because we're all learning a lot of lessons and we are having to innovate, push the boundary, push the envelope. How would you say you've had to do that in the last couple of months? Well, I would say, you know, it was a very important period for us because you know, as a young company, we only started our, our company back in 2012 and 2013 here in Singapore. You know, we, we were always been an entrepreneur. And actually, this was a period of time that, you know, we never felt, you know, so entrepreneurial uh, in the nature of it. Uh, we asked a lot of questions, you know, what else can we do? What can be done differently because of what's going on? And then just asking that question helped us to unlock a lot of innovations and also try out new things. And the other thing is, you know, on the Red Mart business, you know, we serve predominantly our, our customers. But if you look at the other parts of the Lazada business as a whole, uh, it's a platform-based uh, e-commerce business where, you know, we serve also uh, our sellers, uh, brands, and, and retailers as our customers as well. And it's really our view that, you know, we, we live to, you know, accommodate and, and to serve our both end customers as well as our ecosystem partners. And we, we felt that we really you know, our vision kind of coming true and all the employees were, it was a challenge at the same time, we're quite motivated to think about new innovations during this time. Fantastic stuff. We've been speaking with James Chang, CEO of Lazada Singapore. James, thank you so much for taking the time. You take care and stay safe, yeah? Thank you very much for having us and having me and I hope to see you uh, when this is all over. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> to listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.